0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to 50 Now What? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton. Today, I welcome to the show, Danielle Desir Corbett, host of the Thought Card podcast and author of multiple books on how to manage money while planning the vacations of your dreams. And we're here today to discuss just that. Just because we're in our 50s does not mean we need to stop catching those flights, In today's conversation, we talk about just exactly what it means to be a financially savvy traveler, how to define your travel style, how to properly prepare for your travels while staying flexible for the journey, and countless other tips you need for your next trip. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for stopping by to chat with us here at 50 Now What. Uh, I listen to your podcast, by the way, The Thought Card. And I recently read one of your books. I know you've written several. I just read We Are Financially Savvy Travelers, only to learn that I haven't been that savvy. <laughs> I've probably been winging it a little bit too much for the last 30 years. Uh, so I'm super excited to have you here with us to talk about that and more. But first, tell us a little about you and your journey to being this financially savvy traveler.
1: Well, thank you so much. Like, That book literally just dropped. So I'm always like a little nervous and, but that means so much to me uh, because I really wanted to go beyond what we typically think of when we think of financial savvy travel. Uh, So thank you for that. I appreciate that. So I'm Danielle Desir Corbett. I am a financial savvy traveler. I run a affordable luxury travel, personal finance blog, and podcast. So I'm all about combining travel and money so we could creatively live life on our terms. Personally, for me, that's a life filled with lots of travel, but also building generational wealth, living on my terms, which is entrepreneurship. So it's like this, Uh, I would say this combining travel and money together, which Hasn't always been the sexiest thing to do. I started talking about all these topics in 2015 and a lot of people did not understand. They're like, you're a travel blogger. Stick to what you do good at, which is destination guides and, you know, maybe a trip cost breakdown. Why talk about money? And the reason is because to me, money and travel are two sides of the same coin. Money can help you to travel or it can hinder you to travel and I've been on both sides. I have spent many years wanting to travel but financially being unable to, to the point now where travel is a big part of my lifestyle but also my career. So it's been a very interesting and winding road and it literally took me eight years to really figure out what financially savvy travel actually means Because it's this new term that's coming out and we know what budget travel is and we know what affordable, we know what like luxury travel is, but what does it mean to be an in-between, right? What does that look like? And that's really what my whole platform is all about and what I've been talking about for the last eight years. Well, I can tell you it's a
0: wealth of resource there. And that's what drew me to it is, you know, I've, I've gotten older and moving into this next phase of my life post retirement. I deal with a lot of empty nesters and such. And. You know, everybody wants to check off their bucket list and you forget that, you know, basically, if you don't have no money, you can't go anywhere. Let's just be for real about that. (laughs) You're not going nowhere. And now you're probably on a fixed income or a number of things are happening, but you still want to have this life of travel and it's changed a lot. And so what I've been running into, not just for myself, but what I've been seeing is people want to get to that bucket list. They want to go to these places and... It's just not working out the way they thought it would. I don't know if you're seeing a thread in mistakes and misconceptions when people are planning the bucket list trip, the dream vacation. Do you see some consistencies in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel that we have to really think about intrinsically within us, why is this a bucket list destination? Is this something that we've absorbed because of marketing? Right. Mm -hmm. Beautiful marketing and imagery. Or is this something truly that something at the destination is really calling to us in a significant, impactful and powerful way? I've been to many bucket list destinations for myself included. And the deeper context, I think, makes it more special I typically don't say bucket list. I say my travel wish list because these are the things that I wish to do versus like looking at it as if like I'm going to, you know, pass away, perish, I need to do this, like rush to do this more of like these are the places that I truly, really want to make connections and memories with. Something else, when you've traveled quite a bit, you realize that it's really those intimate small moments that make a trip memorable. So you're putting so much thought and energy into I got to hit this bucket list destination versus knowing that regardless of where you are, when you think about your life, there's going to be these small little pockets of moments of like drinking a, a drink while, you know, walking in the barrio in Lisbon or something like that. Or like the first time that, you know, just all these travel memories. It's like there's these little moments that make up that you remember of your travels. So not to say that you shouldn't have a travel wish list, but be more open to what you can afford to do right now. It is what it is. And let's make the most of that time where we're at. Something else I wanted to also say when it comes to like making bucket list destinations more affordable, sometimes we hold ourselves onto these destinations and we're like unsatisfied unless we get to those destinations. However, something that I've done instead and that has literally unlocked more travel for me is I say to myself, "Okay, I'm going to follow the flight deal or I'm going to follow the deals that come up with cruise lines or I'm going to follow, you know, the deals that pop up from whatever newsletters I'm on or whatever. So following the deal doesn't have to be flight deal, but I do flights in particular, following the deals will open you up to places that you have never even considered and you will be well traveled and have rich cultural experiences, even if it's not on your wish list. Many of the places that I've been have not been on my wish list. I didn't even think about it, to be honest. But then there was a deal that popped up that was so irresistible that I was like, I gotta do this. I gotta go to Sweden for $220 a flight. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it. It is what it is. I love it. So I'll say all these things to say is that I feel like we put so much energy on these bucket lists, these travel wish lists. But if finances is something that you feel like, okay, it's an issue or it's holding you back, flip it. Say, let me travel to places where I can afford to do it versus stretching myself so thin or so wide to and delay gratification for so long to go to that one dream destination. I would say that's my general advice. Again, I've been to so many places that I never thought I would have gone to by just simply allowing my money to dictate what's next. And there's still a whole wild world out there. I love that. I think it
0: takes a lot of reframing of what is important to you. And a lot of those places, and you make a good point, it's been marketing, it's been a place that's been sitting on your mind for several years, and you were in a different place when you thought you wanted to go there as well. And now you're in a different place in your life. And that's probably just not even suiting you. And then you get there disappointed, wondering, why did I even come here? Uh, and you miss out on, on this plethora of other things. So I absolutely love the reframing and taking a different mindful approach to where you want to go and why you want to go there. Another thing, and I picked this up in, in your book and, and also reading your blog, I've basically been following you. And so <laughs> I have. And I love one of the things you talk about is travel style. And I want to talk a little bit about that. What is travel style and and how that can also define how you prioritize your expenses as well?
1: Absolutely. So when we say travel style, it has nothing to do with your fashion sense. Travel style, (laughs) yes, right? Just to clarify, travel style is intrinsically understanding your preferences and your interest as a traveler. And if we're thinking honestly, typically we don't think about this in our everyday lives, but this is especially important when we're traveling because we're traveling. We have a lot of decisions to make. Literally every time we step out of our accommodation, there's a decision. Do I take the train or do I walk? do I go to this museum or do I go on this free walking tour? So as a traveler, you have so many financial decisions and each decision typically impacts your finances. So when you're defining your travel style, you're figuring out what is important to me as a person and as a traveler. And in the book, I actually share ways to, here's a list of items and you prioritize those items. So things like, do I care about first class for a flight? Or do I just want to get there safely in economy? For me, I prioritize economy flights. So I have more budget to go on the food tours and the fine dining and the spa and all the things that I truly care about. We are in aligning our expenses with the things that we value. And as financial folks, that's called value-based budgeting, meaning that you're, again, allowing your money to go to things that you care about and value. There's been, I don't know if, if folks have, can relate to this, but there's been vacations I've gone to, beautiful settings, but I had a not so great time. You know why? Because I was doing things I didn't care about. I was doing things that didn't really bring me joy or my spending was misaligned. And all of those things because I did not have a defined travel style. And what I've learned from travel style is that it changes over time. Danielle, eight years ago as a solo traveler, had very different like economics going on and her interests were one set of things. But me now, eight years later, with a family now, so I have to take into account other people's travel styles. So when I'm going on my trips with my mom, I say, hey, mom. What do you want to do? What do you value and care about? Do you care about museums? Eh, no. Do you want to go to a restaurant? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. So then we start stacking up our trip with things that we align. So if you are someone listening and you have a family or you travel with your friends and you do other things solo, define your style first, but also define what their style is as well so you could meet in the middle and everyone can feel enriched in their travel experiences versus depleted and unhappy and miserable. So those are some of the things, again, it, it goes beyond the practical money-saving strategies. Years ago, when people would ask me what it means to be financially savvy, I would literally go on like 10 different tips and acts. But honestly, it's a couple of things. It's mindfulness, it's understanding your travel style, And having values and goals for yourself, those are honestly the things that truly unlock travel because that's going to be consistent throughout your life versus just one hack that can expire. A lot of hacks expire after a while, you know, so these are some of the things I think that has been really important when it comes to defining your travel style.
0: Well, I absolutely love that. And it was funny because when I was reading that, I'm like, oh, my God, my life has changed so much just in the last year. I went from working full time to uh, being a retiree. And I realized that, you know, I don't have to plan my stuff a year out in advance anymore. I don't have to like pay for my trip up front for a whole year because I'm, you know, structuring it as part of my reward system for work or, you know, trying to save my vacation time and things like that and negating those things. And I don't need to do that. I can find that deal a little bit better. I can do it within a few months. I have the room and the space to do that and to really, really do the things that I value in doing. So I think that's such an important point. And we forget about it. It's a strange thing is that we go about life and we don't really consider uh, the types of things that matter to us outside of our everyday lives, but about the travel. Another thing, and this has been coming up, and when I talk to people uh, like me, a lot of the reasons that they get scared to go to different places or they don't want to go has a lot to do with feeling safe while they travel and, you know, all the things that they feel that they need to do in order just to do it. And you touch on some very important things about traveling safe and preparing yourself before you go. when you want to touch on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's so funny because sometimes you arrive at a destination and you're like, oh, I did not envision this in the marketing that I received. Right. So there are a couple of things I think that's really important as we are preparing and thinking about safety is to do a research. And it doesn't have to be extensive. And also understand that sometimes when you look at the news, it's going to be super crazy negative, right? Because that's just what it does. But Look to see if there are any forums or anything, let's say blog posts from writers who talk about safety in that destination and how they feel. If that's not available, there are still things that you can think about when it comes to safety. If you're looking, for example, at TripAdvisor, you can see scores that TripAdvisor offers to different hotels and accommodations, things like walkability, Things like how many restaurants and dining experiences are nearby. And that can help you to put pieces together. And people may actually end up sharing their honest opinion of like how they felt about certain things. I've realized that sometimes it's better to be in the city center and spend more money than to be further away from the city center. Having to commute in, which may be a little bit more dangerous to do and the little nuances, right? So don't be afraid to spend more for your comfort and also for your safety as well. Something I've also noticed is that sometimes the city centers are sometimes the most dangerous places. So just have an open mind that every destination is different. So you have to be vigilant and you have to do a little bit of research to be like, okay, is my hotel or accommodation in a safe place? And am I looking for walkability? Do I need to have a car rent, you know, a rental car? Do I need to have a lot of Uber access, like Uber Eats and stuff like that, or Uber access, right? So the, all these things. And there are people who are gonna be talking about it openly. It may not necessarily be in the marketing websites, certain things like that. So let's talk more about like practical things, right? So whenever I'm traveling, I'm always letting my family members know. I give them, I typically have an itinerary, So I send them the itinerary so they can literally have like a play-by-play of like, she's probably at the Piazza today and she's doing this, right? So that there's some accountability there. I think that's very important. If you are doing things like uh, Uber, um, doing Uber rides, make sure you share your status with someone that you trust and you let them know, hey, I'm about to share my status and do that so that there's someone who's it's accountability that's very very important i'm never above sending my family my itinerary sending my family the address of the hotel or sharing my uber status because these things are very important and again there's a time by time framework here so people can know where you are and what you're doing that's very very important i um also am not afraid to pick up the phone There's times when I'm walking on the street and I feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe I see something ahead. If you see something, there's nothing wrong with just and turning right back around and going the other direction or crossing the street to... Do not be afraid to, again, your safety is number one priority. So that means do not be walking around the street with your headphones. If you do have headphones, make sure they're not on so that you can hear your surroundings. Sometimes people put headphones on so they look occupied. Um, so you could do that, but it's not a time to be like listening to music and things like that. Like you want to be able to have a good awareness of your surroundings. But also, I just pop in my headphones and call my mom or call my husband and tell him. And he usually is like, are you feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, just a little, you know, just want (laughs) to make sure that, you know, I'm occupied or, you know, do some FaceTiming. So also, I really like doing this because it just brings your family members or your close friends into your travel journeys, right? Especially when you're traveling solo, you're by yourself, you're having all these amazing experiences, but just giving them a quick call, checking in, and also telling them that you feel a little bit uncomfortable right now can be some of the things that are helpful. Other things that I've also picked up along the way, because I do quite a bit of travel solo, even though I'm married, even though I have a family now, I still do lots of travel solo. And I typically, some people like have like difficulty with eating, right? They don't want to go to restaurants because it's awkward when you're by yourself. You don't have... So I typically like to eat at the counter or the bar and or ask to be seated where I can see the door. Mostly men do this. They know this. But when you can see the door, you can kind of scope out when like the vibe is off or when something you just have an exit strategy, an exit plan, which I think is very, very, very important, especially if you're in the U.S. So those are things Again, when you're solo, you have to rely on yourself. So you have to be 100% aware and just, again, think of all the things that you're doing. Um, So I think those have been some of the safety things that I think about. Sometimes if I'm questioning the safety of a public transit, I just Uber it. I'm like, this $10 Uber ride is not jeopardizing. I'm not going to jeopardize my life (laughs) for this. You know what I mean? Right. So, And lastly, don't be afraid to ask the hotel Folks, especially people who the bellman or the front desk, but like I'm thinking about walking over to X, Y, Z place. What do you think? If they give you a huh, just just <laughs> hop in just, the taxi. That's a no. Exactly. Then just hop in the taxi. I do a lot of Uber Eats, too, sometimes. Like sometimes I really want to go to this restaurant. I want to go to the restaurant, but I'm not feeling like being out at like 10 p.m. going to this restaurant or something like that or later in the evening I'll just order from that restaurant. So I still have, I'm not having the full experience, but I'm having the culinary experience too. So safety is very, very, very important, especially for our female solo travelers. And it's just one of those things that we have to be aware of so we can operate safely and continue our travel experiences. I agree with that.
0: And one of the things that I've learned as well is even just before you even get there, is it's worth buying the feeling or self assurance of getting some additional medical travel insurance and things like that with the you know evacuation rider? Even though you're not predicting anything will happen, it has given me a lot of like again an additional layer to an exit strategy should things happen that you don't you know anticipate are going to happen to you physically because I can be a little bit more active in things I like to do. And, you know, if something happens, I want to make sure I have something in addition to just getting to the local hospital.
1: That is 100 percent. That's a great tip, because this is something that I've actually invested in myself this year. So I have this service called Medjet. And what Medjet is, they're an air evacuation company. So if you, for some reason, need to be medically evacuated, you want to come home closer to home and be hospitals by your home they will take that responsibility which is again we're not thinking of negative things happening when we're on the road but sure be happy when if if something does happen you have a connection right you have someone to be accountable to you um so those are just again fantastic things to again safeguard because also like travel is an investment right this is the whole topic of today we're talking about how travel is like a financial goal it's an investment so you protect your investment assets right so thinking about spending a little bit extra money to do that is also very important this comes with like car rentals too you know if they ask you for the car rental insurance. You can say no, but understand if you're not charging it to a credit card that has that protection, you're on the hook if something happens, right? So something we talk about in the book is just being financially aware, just being conscious, mindful, all those things will help you make better decisions regardless of what it is. I love that. And as more and more people are moving about the
0: world in different phases of their life, I mean, I'm running into people who are like, I'm going to keep traveling until I just can't anymore. You know, these are all the things that you want to keep in mind. And it was so important reason why I wanted to bring you here to my audience. And any other final words of wisdom and how can we find you and and get everybody tapped into your resources? Because you have a lot of them.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that so much. The last just like advice or thought that I would share is prioritizing destinations that would be a good fit, not only for your travel style, but for your fitness level. And especially for folks who are older, it's important to pick destinations that may be a bit more easygoing, that isn't like extraneous, right? So that you can continue to stay safe and not get injured and certain things like that. So I think that is something to consider. So I just literally came back from a trip to Charleston, South Carolina. And although it was a solo trip, I was thinking about my mom and my grandma. My mom is in her mid-50s and my grandma's in her mid-80s. And I felt like that would have been an amazing destination for all three of us. I'm in my mid-30s to all enjoy together because it was easygoing. There wasn't like at least from what I could see, there wasn't like strenuous, like hike all the way to this mountain, you know, I felt like we could just stroll on the beach and roll up in the crab shop and go to different types of museums. It was such a beautiful and laid back place that I felt like it would have been perfect. So look for those destinations that are more soft adventure. They're more just maybe walkable and accessible, and you can just literally relax and have a good time versus having to do certain things and maneuver logistics and all the things could be a very, very stressful. So that's my final piece of advice that I would share. Thank you so much again for having me on. I'm over at thoughtcard.com. That's, again, an affordable luxury travel and personal finance blog, the Thought Card Podcast. Also, I have over close to 180 episodes. So there's a lot, years of content to binge and listen to. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, continue following me. Let's talk about travel and money and let's pursue our dreams, you know, both travel and otherwise.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's been a pleasure to have you and I'll keep following you. Thank <laughs> and living you. vicariously through you as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much.
0: Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Danielle visiting us over from the Thought Card talking about travel. And having had that discussion, I have a few reflections and I want to tell you some of my adventures for my travel for 2023, Seeing as it was my first time back outside, really outside post-COVID. So I got my travel on. Uh, I want to talk a bit about buddy traveling, solo traveling, and group travel. Uh my buddy traveling. Now, if you are like me and you're fortunate enough to have you a good travel buddy, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. My travel buddy, Teresa Matthews, we've known each other for many years. I consider her my sister and uh, she is my travel buddy. And we have similar expectations from travel, not the same expectations, but definitely similar expectations that makes the balance of having a good travel buddy worth having. We talked about it and Our two top trips for the year was our trip to Montreal and her birthday trip to Las Vegas. I'll start with Montreal. We went to Montreal, Canada for the Canada International Jazz Festival, and it was wonderful. Now, the accommodations, we weren't as happy with the hotel as far as the rooms, but a lot of Lysol wipes, and we made it work. And as Teresa reminded me, and I agree, the location was Perfect. So sometimes there's just a trade off. And we were on a main street with food, bars, entertainment, and we were close to the jazz festival grounds. Transportation was accessible and reasonably priced, and we absolutely loved it. The festival itself, well, let me tell you, it was phenomenal. And it was my first time doing an international jazz festival in Canada, and it was just so worth it. If you love music, you'll really appreciate the various artists from around the world. And it's just something about seeing uh, international artists that you wouldn't normally have an opportunity to see in a space like this. And another thing that I had to be reminded of by Teresa is that the festival itself, it's free. It's really something to see these artists when you leave outside the U.S. And it's a totally different vibe and appreciation for music. Highly recommended. The next thing on this Montreal trip is the shopping. Now, I didn't expect to go to Montreal and do good shopping. And it's usually not the top of my priority list when I travel. But my girl Teresa got her shop on. She got her shop on. No joke. But the shopping was beautiful. We found a lovely underground mall and their local department stores. But most of all, their art galleries, local craft and novelty stores were really, really worth it. And it's a walkable city if you get a chance to go. And especially if you get a chance to go to the International Jazz Festival, definitely a must go. Our last buddy trip was for Teresa's birthday in Las Vegas. Now, I hadn't been to Las Vegas in a while. I'm going to admit that. I mean, I went back for a brief thing with our family, but a real in-depth, like, trip, trip, girls' trip, hadn't done in a while. And uh, the accommodations in Las Vegas were definitely five-star. Now, I have to say this. I know people have their opinions about timeshares. People feel some type of a way. But my girl Teresa knows how to navigate this timeshare thing like a pro. It's definitely a skill set. Everybody don't have it. I don't have it. So we ended up with a really good hotel room in the prime location in Las Vegas through her timeshare. And if the question is, did we see Usher? You know, we saw Usher. Yes, we did. We showed up and we showed out and we had a great time. We did a comedy show. And for Teresa's birthday, we actually wanted to do something off the beaten path. We were going to do something different in Las Vegas. And we got there and we soon found out that we need to find our way back to the beaten path. So, you know, listen, if your Uber driver looks surprised about where you go into a local spot that no one goes to during the week, that's called a clue. And we caught the clue and we soon found our way back to the Strip and had a really nice time. The one thing I also want to say is that, and a lot of people forget to do this when you go to Las Vegas, is to go to a traditional lounge show. You know, the ones that kind of, you know, they, they're the ones that you see on TV and some of the old movies. And we did that. We went to a Motown review in one of the older lounges and it was so much fun. I mean, it's a whole different vibe. You know, it's going to be a different vibe when the bar is serving popcorn and champagne. That's how that went down. And it was wonderful. I highly recommend try a little something off the beaten path when you go to Vegas. And the last thing about Vegas is that we was there for seven days. It's too long. Seven days is too long to be in Vegas, y'all. Really. Seriously, unless you're planning on becoming a Nevada resident, a weekend to four days is enough. The next thing I did was some solo travel. I believe in solo travel, I'm a religious solo traveler. This year, I went to St. Martin. I'd been there before as a part of a cruise, but it's different to go to one of these islands and actually be there. And it's the best place to go and to basically just dream, journal, read, contemplate, and sleep, and take that one tour around and just sit on the beach and enjoy yourself. It's something about it that you see differently when you travel on your own. Definitely do it if you get a chance to do it. And it doesn't have to be something big. Just give it a chance. The last thing is group travel. And group travel can always be a risk. I didn't go with my travel buddy. So I always look at it as like a solo trip where I may or may not meet someone who I click with, vibe with or whatever. But I took a risk this year to my trip to Thailand and it paid off. I booked through a company called One Love Travel Club and Chloe was our trip coordinator and guide. Now, it was a tightly packed trip over seven days, but it was still a lot of fun. But the most important thing and the thing I have to talk about, and we talk about synchronicity all the time here on the 59 Web Podcast. Is the people that you meet. So I have to give shout out to Khadija, who had me wandering into a tailor shop. And yes, of course, I ended up buying a brand new tailored suit or tailored jacket. And to my other travel buddies, Carol, Nikita, and the lovely Miss Rugi, who kept us laughing the entire time. And shout out to Nikita, who was our Google search master. She found everything and could map it out in 10 seconds flat. So for uh, my 50-plus people, it pays to have you a millennial or Gen Z with a phone on these trips. Trust me. Uh, But our trip, we flew into Bangkok, and it was such a cool city. And it's a bustling city, very busy, reminiscent of New York, but not quite New York. The food was great. The temples were beautiful. And a little adventure to a floating market that I won't give all the details. Sometimes we just got to leave some stuff where it is. but we know what it was about. It ended up being a fun trip, fun day trip. But the best time I had was on the island of Phuket. And it's an hour outside of Bangkok, little beach town. I loved it. The people were so much nicer, which is what you usually found when you go to a small town, right? And we took a cooking class. And let me just say, my curry and my pad thai noodle is on point. It's delicious. And I enjoyed a spiritual experience bathing and feeding, swimming with elephants. Yeah, I did that. I did that. And it was, I touch my heart right now because it was just an amazing, amazing time. And my crew was down to do it. Carol, Nikita, Rugi, and I were in the mud with the elephants. We was all about it. And so it was just a really great time. And like I said, some things are just synchronicitous. And I hope I'm saying that right. Lastly, my priorities have changed over the years. And one of my big things that have changed has been about packing. I no longer want to take a lot of stuff. I just don't. I don't. I seriously just don't. If you're not on these packing cubes, I recommend getting on it. It changed the game for me, made me pack a lot more intentionally. And seriously, I can go around the world with just a carry-on. I've gotten that good. In fact, My girl Teresa has put that as one of her goals for next year. Yeah, I'm putting you out on the podcast, sis. She told me herself that she's going to work on her packing because, oh my God, so many shoes. So many shoes. (laughs) So, anyway, in fact, you know, how about we do this? I'm going to really put her out there. The next time we do a follow up travel show, I'm going to bring Teresa on here, kicking and screaming, quite possibly, and we're going to see how her packing journey has gone. (laughs) Remember to do a couple things. One, and this is something just a note to self, is get the additional medical insurance with evacuation coverage. That's all I'm saying. And even if you don't plan on swimming with a four or five ton animal, it's good to have it no matter where you go, especially when you're leaving outside the country. And the last thing, listen, It's really not a lesson learned so much as it is a don't drop the ball. And that is coordinating your extended layover time. I had a brutal layover time in Taiwan and I waited too late to book a private room and a lounge to to sleep. And listen, if you're listening to this, you're too old. You're just too old to sleep in a banquette anywhere, let alone in a food court at the airport. That's all I'm going to say about that. So I had, all in all though, I had a wonderful, wonderful travel 2023. My first time deep outside since COVID. And I just want to send some love and thank you to my girl, my travel buddy, who's always down with me, Miss Teresa, and to my newfound travel buddies, Carol, Nikita, and the lovely Rugie. I hope to see you all soon. And for all of my 50 Now With listeners, I want to wish you a happy and safe Holiday travel season. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to 50 Now What. A special thank you to Danielle. Find her on the Thought Card Podcast and ThoughtCard.com for all her travel and money tips, and be sure to click on all her links we put for you in the show notes. Make sure to follow us, rate, and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 50 Now What Podcast. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Stephen Selnik as producer, and Rob Johnson as editor and audio engineer. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, visit them at rainbowcreative.co.